Welcome to Fast Asleep, and we are thrilled that you're here with us once again. Thank you. Now, this season, and especially 2020, this season calls for something cheery and maybe homey. And that's why we look to Louisa May Alcott. When she was very young, Miss Alcott helped to support her young family with lurid and sensational stories for adults about passion and revenge. Uh huh. Well, by 1868, thank heavens, she published the delightful Little Women. And as you know, it was very well received and still is today. So, we bring you her holiday short story in two episodes. Now, with a respectful nod to Charles Dickens, Miss Alcott's gem shows how the meaning of Christmas can be changed forever. So, please tuck in and enjoy. A Christmas dream and how it came true. I am so tired of Christmas. I wish there never would be another one, exclaimed a discontented looking little girl as she sat idly watching her mother arrange a pile of gifts two days before they were to be given. Oh, why, Effie, what a dreadful thing to say. Why, you are as bad as old Scrooge. And I'm afraid something will happen to you, as it did to him. If you don't care for dear Christmas, answered Mama, almost dropping the silver horn she was filling with delicious candies. Huh? Who is Scrooge? What happened to him? asked Effie with a glimmer of interest in her listless face. As she picked out the sourest lemon drop she could find, for nothing sweet suited her just then. Well, he was one of Dickens' best people, and you can read the charming story someday. Why, he hated Christmas, until a strange dream showed him how dear and beautiful it was, and made a better man of him. Hmm, I shall read it, for I like dreams, and I have a great many curious ones myself. But they don't keep me from being tired of Christmas, said Effie, poking discontentedly among the sweets for something worth eating. Well, why are you tired of what should be the happiest time of all the year? asked Mama anxiously. Well, perhaps I shouldn't be if I had something new, but it is always the same, and there isn't any more surprise about it. I always find heaps of goodies in my stocking. I don't like some of them, and soon I get tired of those that I do like. And, well, we always have a great dinner, and I eat too much, and I feel ill the next day. Then, 
there is a Christmas tree somewhere with a doll on top or a stupid old Santa Claus and children dancing and screaming over bonbons. And there's toys that break and shiny things that are really of no use. Really, Mama, I've had so many Christmases and they're all alike. I just don't think I can bear another one. And Effie laid herself flat on the sofa as if the mere idea was too much for her. Her mother laughed at her despair, but was sorry to see her little girl so discontented when she had everything to make her happy and had known but ten Christmas days. Well, um, suppose we don't give you any presents at all. How would that suit you? asked Mama, anxious to please her spoiled child. Well, I should like one large and splendid one, and one dear little one, to remember some very nice person by, said Effie, who was a fanciful little body full of odd whims and notions, which her friends loved to gratify, regardless of time, trouble, or money, for Effie was the last of three little girls, and very dear to all the family. Well, my darling, I will see what I can do to please you, and not to say a word until all is ready. If I could only get a new idea to start with. And Mama went on tying up her pretty little bundles with a thoughtful face, while Effie strolled to the window to watch the rain. It kept her indoors and made her dismal. Hmm, it seems to me poor children have better times than rich ones. I can't go out, and there is a girl about my age splashing along without any maid to fuss about rubbers and cloaks and umbrellas and colds. I wish I was a beggar girl. Oh, well, would you like to be hungry, cold, and ragged, to beg all day and sleep on an ash heap at night? asked Mama, wondering what would come next. Well, Cinderella did, and she had a nice time in the end. This girl out here has a basket of scraps on her arm and a big old shawl all around her, and she doesn't seem to care a bit, though there's water running out of the toes of her boots. She goes paddling along, laughing at the rain and eating a cold potato as if it tasted nicer than the chicken and ice cream I had for dinner. Yes, I do think poor children are happier than rich ones. Hmm, well, so do I sometimes. At the orphan asylum today, I saw two dozen merry little souls who have no parents, no home, and, well, no hope of Christmas beyond a stick of candy or a cake. I do wish you had been there to see how happy they were playing with the old toys 
some richer children had sent them. Hmm. Well, you may give them all of mine. I'm so tired of them. I never want to see them again, said Effie, turning from the window to the pretty baby house full of everything a child's heart could desire. Well, I will, and let you begin again with something you will not tire of. Oof. If I can only find it. And Mama knit her brows, trying to discover some grand surprise for this child who didn't care for Christmas. Nothing more was said then, and wandering off to the library, Effie found a Christmas carol, and curling herself up in the sofa corner, read it all before tea. Some of it hmm, she did not understand, but she laughed and cried over many parts of the charming story and felt better without really knowing why. All the evening she thought of poor tiny Tim, Mrs. Cratchit with the pudding, and the stout old gentleman who danced so gaily that his legs twinkled in the air. Presently, bedtime arrived. Come now and toast your feet, said Effie's nurse, while I do your pretty hair and tell stories. I'll have a fairy tale tonight and a very interesting one, commanded Effie, as she put on her blue silk wrapper and her little fur-lined slippers to sit before the fire and have her long curls brushed. So Nursey told her best tales, and when at last the child lay down under her lace curtains, her head was full of a curious jumble of Christmas elves, poor children, snowstorms, sugar plums, and surprises. So it is no wonder that she dreamed all night. And this was the dream which she never quite forgot. She found herself sitting on a stone in the middle of a great field all alone. The snow was falling fast. A bitter wind whistled by and night was coming on. She felt hungry, cold, and tired and did not know where to go nor what to do. I wanted to be a beggar girl, and now I am one, but I don't like it, and I wish somebody would come and take care of me. I don't know who I am, and I think I must be lost, thought Effie, with the curious interest one takes in one's self in dreams. But the more she thought about it, the more bewildered she felt. Faster fell the snow. Colder blew the wind. Darker grew the night. And poor Effie made up her mind that she was quite forgotten and
and left to freeze alone. The tears were chilled on her cheeks. Her feet felt like icicles and her heart died within her. So hungry, frightened, and forlorn was she. Laying her head on her knees, she gave herself up for lost and sat there with the great flakes fast turning her to a little white mound. When suddenly the sound of music reached her and starting up she looked and listened with all her eyes and ears. Far away a dim light shone and a voice was heard singing. Well, she tried to run toward the welcome glimmer, but she could not stir and stood like a small statue of expectation while the light drew nearer and the sweet words of the song grew clearer. From our happy home through the world we roam one week in all the year, making winter spring with the joy we bring, for Christmas tide is here. Now the eastern star shines from afar to light the poorest home. Hearts warmer grow, gifts freely flow, for Christmas tide has come. Now gay trees rise before young eyes, a bloom with tempting cheer. Blithe voices sing and blithe bells ring, for Christmas tide is here. Oh, happy chime, oh, blessed time that draws us all so near. Welcome, dear day. All creatures say, for Christmas tide is here. A child's voice sang. A child's hand carried the little candle, and in a circle of soft light that it shed, Effie saw a pretty child coming to her through the night and through the snow. A rosy, smiling creature wrapped in white fur with a wreath of green and scarlet holly on its shining hair. The magic candle in one hand and the other outstretched as if to shower gifts and warmly press all other hands. Effie forgot to speak as this bright vision came nearer leaving no trace of footsteps in the snow, only lighting the way with its little candle and filling the air with the music of its song. Dear child, you are lost, and I have come to find you, said the stranger, taking Effie's cold hands in his, with a smile like sunshine, while every holly berry glowed like a little fire. 
Do you know me? asked Effie, feeling no fear, but a great gladness at his coming. I know all children and go to find them, for this is my holiday, and I gather them from all parts of the world to be merry with me once a year. Are, are you an angel? asked Effie, looking for the wings. No, I'm a Christmas spirit and live with my mates in a pleasant place, getting ready for our holiday when we are let out to roam about the world, helping to make this a happy time for all who will let us in. Will you come and see how we work? <laughs> I'll go anywhere with you. Don't leave me again, cried Effie gladly. First, I will make you comfortable. That is what we love to do. You are cold, and you shall be warm. Hungry, and I will feed you. Sorrowful, and I will make you gay. With a wave of his candle, all three miracles were wrought, for the snowflakes turned to a white fur cloak and hood on Effie's head and shoulders. A bowl of hot soup came sailing to her lips and vanished when she had eagerly drunk the last drop. And suddenly the dismal field changed to a new world so full of wonders that all her troubles were forgotten in a minute. Bells were ringing so merrily well, it was hard to keep from dancing. Green garlands hung on the walls, and every tree was a Christmas tree, full of toys and blazing with candles that never went out. In one place, many little spirits sewed like mad on warm clothes, turning out work faster than any sewing machine ever invented and great piles were made ready to be sent to poor people. Other busy creatures packed money into purses and wrote checks which they sent flying away on the wind, a lovely kind of snowstorm to fall into a world below full of poverty. Older and graver spirits were looking over piles of little books in which the records of the past year were kept, telling how different people had spent it and what sort of gifts they deserved. Some got peace, some disappointment, some remorse and sorrow, some great joy and hope. The rich had generous thoughts sent to them, the poor, gratitude and contentment. Children had more love and duty to parents, and parents renewed patience, wisdom, and satisfaction for and in their children. No one was forgotten. Please, tell me what splendid place this is, asked Effie, 
as soon as she could collect her wits after the first look at all these astonishing things. For this is the Christmas world, and here we work all the year round, never tired of getting ready for the happy day. See, these are the saints just setting off, for some have far to go, and children must not be disappointed. And as he spoke, the spirit pointed to four gates, out of which four great sleighs were just driving, laden with toys, while a jolly old Santa Claus sat in the middle of each, drawing on his mittens and tucking up his wraps for a long, cold drive. Why, I thought there was only one Santa Claus, and even he was a humbug, cried Effie, astonished at the sight. Oh, oh, never give up your faith in the sweet old stories, even after you come to see that they're only the pleasant shadow of a lovely truth. And just then, the sleighs went off with a great jingling of bells and pattering of reindeer hoofs, while all the spirits gave a cheer that was heard in the lower world, where people said, oh, hear the stars sing? I never will say there isn't any Santa Claus again. Now, show me more. Mm, well, you will like to see this place, I think, and may learn something here. Perhaps. The spirit smiled as he led the way to a little door through which Effie peeped into a world of dolls. Baby houses were in full blast with dolls of all sorts going on like, well, like live people. Waxen ladies sat in their parlors elegantly dressed. Nurses walked out with the bits of dollies, and the streets were full of tin soldiers marching, wooden horses prancing, express wagons rumbling, and little men hurrying to and fro. Shops were there, and tiny people buying legs of mutton, pounds of tea, mites of clothes, and everything dolls use or wear or want. But presently she saw that in some ways the dolls improved upon the manners and customs of human beings. And she watched eagerly to learn why they did these things. Why, a fine Paris doll driving in her carriage took up a woman who was hobbling along with a basket of clean clothes and carried her to her journey's end, well, as if it were the proper thing to do. Another interesting lady took off her comfortable red cloak and put it round a poor wooden creature done up in a paper shift and so badly painted that its face would have sent some babies into fits. Seems to me I knew a rich girl once who didn't give her things to poor girls. Huh. I wish I could remember who she was and tell her to be as kind as that doll, 
said Effie, much touched at the sweet way the pretty creature wrapped up the poor fright, and then ran off in her little gray gown to buy a shiny fowl stuck on a wooden platter for her invalid mother's dinner. Well, we recall these things to people's minds by dreams. I think the girl you speak of won't forget this one. And the spirit smiled, as if he enjoyed some joke which she did not see. A little bell rang as she looked, and away scampered the children into the red and green schoolhouse. With the roof that lifted up, so one could see how nicely they sat at their desks with mites of books or drew on the inch square blackboards with crumbs of chalk. Oh, they know their lessons very well and are as still as mice. We, ooh, we make a great racket at our school and we get bad marks every day. I shall tell the girls that they'd better mind what they do or their dolls will be better scholars than they are said Effie, much impressed, as she peeped in and saw no rod in the hand of the little mistress, who looked up and shook her head at the intruder, as if begging her to go away before the order of the school was disturbed. Effie retired at once, but she could not resist one look in at the window of a fine mansion where the family were at dinner. Oh, the children behaved so well at the table and never grumbled a bit when their mamma said they could not have any more fruit. Hmm. Now show me something else, she said as they came again to the low door that led out of doll land. Well, you have seen how we prepare for Christmas. Let me show you where we love best to send our good and happy gifts, answered the spirit, giving her his hand again. I know. I've seen it ever so many. I've seen ever so many Christmases, began Effie, thinking of her Christmases. Oh, so you have never seen what I will show you, though. Come away and remember what you see tonight. And that's where we'll stop. Join us again for the next episode, and we'll conclude the story. Good night.